Hello everyone, I'm Phineas Crow. This episode on Denial went a little off the rails a couple of times, so it became a little bit of a meandering mess, and I ended up just abandoning it rather than trying to finish it, which is fine. Uh, I'm going to put it up anyway, and you can dig through it if you feel like it. What I didn't put at the end is my contact information. And a note that anybody listening, anybody within the sound of my voice is welcome to write me about any topic they're interested in, anything they want to discuss, anything they want me to talk about as it relates to depression, denial, suffering, discomfort, relationships, unhappiness, whatever. If you want to reach me at phineascrow 2 ends at gmail.com or at phineascrow again, 2 ends on either Facebook or Twitter, fairly easy to find. So that should be it. Thanks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Postmodern Crisis. I'm Phineas Crow. Today, this is our second episode. Today, I would like to talk a little bit about denial. Uh, denial is a very curious aspect to the human condition. It's one that I've always found fascinating, and actually, it wasn't until recently I realized how deep denial can run. Uh, I recognized it in myself. And I think that denial is something that almost all of us suffer from, uh, whether we know it or not. And in actuality, we almost never know that we suffer from it. That's the nature of it. Denial is very insidious in that way. It sneaks along and tells us that we don't have it. It tells us we're fine. It tells us we're right. It tells us we're justified in our behavior. And that in and of itself makes us dangerous. Uh, and it makes denial dangerous in that we don't see that we have it. Now, it's obvious sometimes to people on the outside. Uh, if you're in an abusive relationship and you don't want to admit that you're in an abusive relationship, if you know that you have a drinking problem or a drug problem and don't admit it, um, those, those are pretty obvious to, to the outside world. But a lot of times we don't even see how much denial the people around us are in. Uh, I lived for a brief period of time with a friend of mine who has several children and her husband, um, who she later claimed sexually abused one of the children, though I don't know how truthful that is primarily because she tended to lie all the time. <laughs> but the point being there that she constantly made an effort, consciously and constantly made an effort to prove to the outside world that she was a good mother to her five children. Uh, and she herself suffered from sexual abuse as she was growing up. And as a result, she ended up wanting very badly to be the kind of parent that she never had. One who was attentive and one who was caring and one who was, yes, healthy and happy and free. But the problem is that she didn't really look at herself. Uh, since I lived with them, I had somewhat of an outsider perspective, and she was a pretty terrible parent in a lot of ways. She didn't beat her children or do anything that, was, that warranted a call to Child Protective Services or anything of that nature. She was mostly neglectful uh, and did a lot of screaming and yelling and not very much communicating with her children. She also spent an inordinately large amount of time just focused on herself and her pursuits. She didn't seem, she seemed to want to be a mother in name only. And that's one of the things that, that traps us in denial. In, in proving on Facebook that we're good parents, in saying a bunch of poetic things about our spouse or about our children or about our life in general, 
that we that aren't don't make things that don't make manifest in our actual existence it's things we try to prove to other people and that that often was where a lot of my denial came from uh, and a lot of people's denial is about feeding our ego because we don't really want to have an accurate view of ourselves an accurate perspective makes us realize that frankly none of us matter very much and that's that's difficult for a lot of us to accept. It was extremely difficult for me to accept, and still, it's tough because my universe, like everybody's universe, exists primarily in our own minds. The universe might be a huge, immense, unfathomable place, but to us, it's only as big as the little square foot of brain matter we've got sitting up in our head. Not a very big place at all. No matter how large our imagination may be, the, that universe, which is the one in which we all live, is pretty tiny. And in trying to feed our ego and trying to prove that we're better than other people, as good as other people, or just trying to prove that we're right, or we're, we're happy, or whatever it is we're trying to prove to the outside world, we often try to fix things from the outside in. And that's where a lot of denial comes from. In my own life, I, I recognized that I often was attempting to to create the illusion of happiness, the illusion of joy. I was often trying to build the kind of life I thought I wanted or I thought I should have because it was the kind of life that people were supposed to want. You're supposed to want a relationship, I thought. You're supposed to want to be in love. You're supposed to want a family. You're supposed to want a, a house and a car and, and all these trappings of the external world. You're supposed to want a, a job where people respect you or you're supposed to want a lot of money or fame or or any of any of the materialistic goods that we use to define ourselves and and when i say materialistic i don't just mean things i mean professions people we're supposed without kind having the kind of friends that we think we're supposed to have having the spouse that we can show off to people i to this day uh, in my relationship i have difficulty with that i i still will look at other women and think damn i i'm missing an opportunity because look at all the attractive creatures out there I could possess. Fact of the matter is, I seriously doubt I want any of them any more than the partner I've got. But in so feeding my ego, I want to think I'm better than I am. It's all about feeding myself. It's all about if this person likes me, or if other people like me, or if I have money or things, if I am the envy of other people, that must make me happy. And that in itself is a kind of denial. And that's, that's where a lot of people have denial, is, is in trying to make others, make the world be as we think it should be, rather than just allowing the world to be as it is. And that's what it is, is you're denying reality when you do that. And therein lies denial. I'm going to take a moment to read to you what Psych Central says about denial as the most primitive of defense mechanisms. It states that denial is the refusal to accept reality or fact, acting as if a painful event, thought, or feeling did not exist. It is considered one of the most primitive of the defense mechanisms because it is characteristic of early childhood development. Many people use denial in their everyday lives to avoid dealing with painful feelings or areas of their life they don't wish to admit. For instance, a person who is a functioning alcoholic, haha, <laughs> this defines me, or it did, will often simply deny they have a drinking problem, pointing out how well they function in their job and relationships. And, and that's it, is we can cite evidence. There, there's 
abusers always to their mind have cause for what they do. They are in denial of how much harm they're doing. A parent who abuses their children is in denial of how much damage they're doing because they are trying to teach the child something. They're trying to learn them good. They are trying to set them on the right path or it's necessary punishment. They won't learn any other way. And that denies reality. Uh, and usually I've found that whatever is anathema to denial, the best thing to do is to always try something different. The more you question your motives, mechanisms, and means, the more you question what you're doing and how you're doing it, the more you seem to be able to negate denial. Uh, I've personally found, I, I personally, I think I've mentioned before, and if I haven't, it's important to note that I was emotionally abusive in all of my relationships. I didn't mean to be. I didn't set out necessarily to hurt people, although there were times when I thought this individual needs to be wounded in some way, needs to be scarred emotionally, needs to be hurt because that's what's fair, because I was feeling hurt, I was trying to manage my emotions, and then I justified my behavior. And that's denial of reality. The reality of, of it is it doesn't matter what they did, I wasn't taking responsibility for my actions. And anytime Anytime I or anyone else is doing that, typically it's a, it's a manifestation of denial to, to say that my behavior is okay because it doesn't matter. Your, your behavior has to be acceptable, kind of taken, taken out of any kind of context. It should stand alone as an acceptable act, an acceptable means with an acceptable motive. Otherwise, you're just an abusive person. Otherwise, you're behaving wrongly. You're hurting other people. You're just being rude or contrarian or whatever it is. You are acting outside of reality by claiming, well, this A justifies B is a denial of reality. Um, it might be a necessity, and but you have to accept that there is a necessity there. Let's let's talk, I suppose, about capital punishment. If you're going to say, no, actually, what I really want to talk about in this is is gun control and and here's here's the numeric facts of gun control and i'm not i'm not advocating on one side or another but this is a very this is a very simple algorithm it's a very simple formula that i'm going to present to you right here which is if you have more guns in a country in a nation in a county in a specific geographic location if you have more guns you will have more gun deaths that that has stood up across the board that that's very simple to track and it's it's a logical conclusion to draw more guns means more people get killed with guns that's just the reality of the situation and that's fine i'm not advocating for or against guns but what i'm saying is anyone who claims that no it's a lack of education no it's a lack of yes there are many other factors that contribute to it but it's not just education, it's not just accessibility, it's not just availability, it's not whether or not they're legal or not. It's if you have more guns, if you have more weapons within a geographic location, you will have more deaths as a result of those weapons. No swords, no axes means fewer sword or axe deaths. And the same stands true for guns. So when you start denying reality that, that, no, we just need more education, it's not the gun's fault, that's not true. You're, you're just denying reality. And it's the same with vehicles. Cars uh, run the same way in that you you, more cars mean you have more automobile accidents, means you have more automobile deaths, means you have more 
problems that come from having automobiles. In no cars, in a country with no cars, no one is getting run over. If there are no cars available, it just doesn't happen. Uh, well, I suppose they could get run down by a horse, but that's not what I'm talking about. That applies to our personal lives as well. Uh, when, when we start trying to make a claim that, no, this, this doesn't lead to that. A doesn't lead to B is a denial of reality. I've gotten off on a tangent, and I tend to do that. It's when you can't say, but in the case with the guns, you have to accept that if you want, if you, wh whatever side you come down on, if you support the legalization of weapons, if you support the proliferation of weapons, you are saying, we accept that, yes, we want more guns because we want more guns for whatever reason, whatever your reasoning, it may sound or not, you can say we want more guns, that's going to mean more gun deaths. You can't deny that because it has been factually proven. To say, to claim otherwise is a denial of factual information. And that therein is the difference between denial and just living life on, living in reality. Living in reality requires that we understand and accept that, okay, this may be necessary. If, if we want to live this way, then this is going to be the result. In the case of cars, we want to live in a society where we can easily transport ourselves from one place to another. We can travel long distances autonomously, and therefore we accept that, yes, there are going to be more automobile deaths. Yes, we have to have automobile laws. Yes, there have to be traffic infractions. Yes, people are going to be killed by cars so that we can commute more easily. That is the trade-off. And to say otherwise is to deny what actually happens. And as I said previously, I'm a pragmatist, and that's what it boils down to is when you live without denial, or when you live with a minimum of denial, you just accept that if you want X to happen, in the case of relationships, as I was talking about before, and being an emotional abuser, I thought A justified B, and that wasn't the case. I was denying that what I was doing was wrong, or bad, or destructive, or hurtful. I was trying to say, no, 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 because they did something that warranted it, and I'm using quotes here, warranted it, or required it, or precipitated it, because their action caused it, which it didn't, I, that's, a, that's a fictitious correlation. People do not cause your behavior. That's another form of denial, is people do not cause your behavior. People may act and you choose to react in a certain or specific way, but that's what I was saying about actions needing to stand alone. If you do something that is abhorrent to you or to your sense of morality or to rightness in general, you have to accept that you did something that was wrong and cruel and destructive. It doesn't matter why you did it. The intent is only a fiction that exists in our mind. That's only something that, while others may be able to understand it, it doesn't necessarily justify your behavior. Yes, if somebody strikes you and you strike them back, that's self-defense, but those are actions. Somebody says something to you and you say something hurtful, specifically to be hurtful, or somebody does or doesn't do something, you have to choose your reaction. To say that they caused you to become angry, that they precipitated the action, legally it may be understandable, but it doesn't, doesn't reduce the amount of denial you're undergoing. So I've really gotten far afield there. <clears throat> In my own denial... I didn't want to try anything differently. Uh, denial of reality, whenever you're suffering, whenever you're unhappy, whenever you're discontented with life, what you have to do, or what I had to do, was to start doing different things. 
And the simplest way to do that is to take suggestions from happy people. The problem with denial is that you still have, we get caught up as human beings in the notion of right and wrong, of good and bad. And that duality in our nature keeps us sick and keeps us suffering because we continue to believe that things shouldn't be as they are, which is why we try to deny them. At the end of the day, uh, there may not be absolute truth, but at the end of the day, there's things that work and there's things that don't. When I, when I first came in contact with any kind of alcohol recovery, a lot of alcohol recovery is dedicated or surrounds itself with a lot of talk of spirituality. And that means in the Judeo-Christian Western tradition, a lot of God. Uh, I was an atheist and still am in many ways, though I stopped bothering with a lot of definitions. Um, if I if I had to label myself, I'd be an atheist Taoist now. But and that's it is is we hold on to these definitions and those definitions may or may not define us and may or may not be real at all. We may be good people, we may be bad people, we may be smart people, we may be dumb people. That's it, is I have never, no matter how idiotic a person may be or may seem to others, I have rarely met anybody who confesses they're an absolute drooling moron. And that's okay. I don't expect people to do that. And really, in their own way, everyone is bright enough. As long as you can feed and clothe yourselves, eh, um, you might not be able to <laughs> solve for X. But that doesn't that doesn't make you an idiot necessarily, and you fulfill a role, and that's it. Is is trying to judge people based on where they fall on any kind of spectrum is mostly a fool's errand, especially when you're talking about suffering. Suffering seems to be primarily driven by, or at least my suffering was often driven by trying to make the world over as I saw it should be, rather than accepting it as it was. And the world is full of suffering. The world's a pretty horrible place. Even the most beautiful plants are competing for resources, and that's it. Everything is competing for resources, which makes everything a killer, after a fashion. Everything will kill the things around it in order to get enough water, get enough food, get enough sunlight, get enough shelter. That's just the nature of life. Life is greedy. Life suffers from avarice. But the point here being that in wanting the world to be better, I was allowing myself to be worse. I enjoyed being a villain because whether that was true or not, it was a comfortable role for me to play. And when I came into recovery and people said, you need to try praying, you need to try going to more meetings uh, and meeting more of your kind, you need to talk to people who have the same problem you do, and learn from them. You need to be more social. You need to develop a support structure. I believe that I didn't need to do any of those things. And that denial of reality will keep anybody sick. And that's it, is we can't always see the path that we need to walk. And we don't always like, and very rarely do we like, the path that we're supposed to walk. I don't know very many people who actually love their jobs, love their spouses, love and are joyous every moment of every day. Life is a lot of suffering, and it's a lot of bullshit. And that's okay, but the problem is when we start to pretend, no, we're better than that. We're different. In my case, I didn't want to try praying. I didn't want to try it. I would rather stay sick 
in my denial of my disease. I would rather do wrong things. It's like going to a doctor who says, okay, if you want to lose weight and you want to be healthy and you don't want to die uh, or have a quadruple bypass, you need to eat a salad and take a walk around the block. Well, pretending it's otherwise. Uh, I used to work at a hotel and, and when I was working there, we had a security guard who was immensely overweight. And, and whenever there was a problem, would come to get me to check it out. So not much of a security guard. Did not earn his check. But the point is, he would talk about, he would come in periodically with all these various theories over how to change his diet so that he would be, he could lose weight and be thinner and be whatever. And <laughs> the fact of the matter is, if you want to lose weight, you have to burn more calories than you consume. That's all it takes. I mean, some people are blessed with a thyroid that is slightly different, and some people are blessed with a high metabolism. But to look at your heft, and I am an overweight guy, and I struggle with my weight, and I struggle with food, but the fact of the matter remains that if you continue to do the same things, denying reality will not change it. And I used to get angry at the universe for not being what I wanted for the, because the world was just its own thing and had a set of rules that often don't make sense. Don't get me wrong, you can break them down into scientific lines of, you can draw lines of scientific demarcation, but in a lot of ways, why a person, there's a lot of, yes, it's when you try to apply why, and that's the problem with human beings, is we try to think of why things are. We try to give reason to madness. We try to give cause and effect, where cause and effect are not anything other than our perception. We perceive time in terms of one moment moving on to the next. And that's great. That's fine. We don't have a choice. That's how we experience time. But we can't make things different than they are. In experiencing time as in that capacity, it, it doesn't account for why. Thing A happens and then thing B happens, and that's true, but sometimes thing A just came out of nowhere. Sometimes thing A just is that way because it is that way. And we try to continue to develop science, and ideally we would hope that one day we will understand all of it. But even to say that science and faith are different is denial of the thought that there is a right answer. Science claims that there is a right answer and is therefore a kind of faith unto itself. 